Hello, everyone, and welcome to what is always the greatest uh, Falcon cast when AJ Hoffman's here. So we're going to get to that. And uh, sounds like he's popping a beer there. A um, lot of stuff to get to. Reliable. <laughs> football is uh, here. First NFL game tonight. We had a great weekend of college football last week. We've got a very promising one this week. Uh, pretty good MMA fight that I want to uh, get AJ's opinion on when we get started. But first off, just want to uh, let you know, if you want to advertise on the show, go to thefalconcast at yahoo.com. Shoot me an email. And uh, we've got all kinds of packages. We'll set you up. I also want to thank all the people who are just supporting the show. Uh, B. Hannon, Chase, both very generous. Donna, uh, all of them supporting the show. My Venmo's on there. And, uh, you know, I use that to to uh, pay people and to, you know, get more equipment and keep making things better. Uh, before we get started today, I will, I will tell you, Monday show, and uh, my friend Eva, who comes on Mondays, oh, by the way, we're going to move Monday to 5 o'clock. Uh, I think most people want to do that. It's hard for me to get really good guests because, all, you know, because like I like to have musicians and co comedians and they all have real jobs. So they don't get off until 5. So uh, we're going to move Monday to 5 o'clock and then we'll let AJ de determine what we do with Thursday. It's all, it's all on him. But um, so on Monday's show, we talked about how I got on Tinder and Bumble and was starting to, you know, try to meet women to go out with. That experiment lasted four days. What? Uh, Every single person, there's one person that I talked to, and she's actually really cool, and, and we're going to go watch football Sunday. I don't know what's going to happen with it. But everything else, like on Tinder, it's all, uh, no, I don't want to date, but if you want to come to my OnlyFans, here's the link. Uh, oh. I, I, I will send you nudes for 500 bucks. I'm like, you know, there's places where I can go and get that. A lot cheaper, too, I might add. Yeah. And, I mean, it was all scammers on, on Tinder. And then Bumble... That one, yeah, it, the one thing I don't get, it's like I was talking with two or three really nice ladies and they're like, oh, no, I don't want to meet in person. I just want to have an online friend. Hmm. Like, what's the point of that? It's not like I'm inviting you to my sex dungeon where I, it rubs the lotion on its skin. It's like, hey, let's go have a drink somewhere in public. And, but that's all, I mean, maybe that's all they wanted from me, but that's, that's what they kept telling me. So I just like, today I did the ritual delete of both of them. Oh, you got rid of both. What, what's going to, so you have this girl's number, I suppose, the one that was like a maybe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, she, <laughs> I said she's uh, she's really cool. So we're gonna we're gonna watch football Sunday. We'll see how that goes. But, what was the uh, what was the age range of the girls you were were mostly interacting with? Um, you know, I put down thirty five to sixty five, right? Okay. And I was still getting sixty nine, seventy, which I you know it's a little much for me. That's a hip breaker. But uh, the most of them were in the fifty to you know sixty range. Okay. This one's actually a little older than me, but you know she's really cool and and not unpleasant to look upon. So we'll see, and, unless she's got fake photos like a lot of these guys. So, what yeah. if she is one of the guys? That'd be the real kicker, right? Yeah. Well, you know, just, hey, at least it's a beer drinking buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, before we uh, we get to the football, man, there's so much to talk about. I'm so glad to have AJ here today, uh, as always. But. I got to tell you about the Phoenix on Westheimer, where I would be today. And if I look like I'm sweating a little bit, it's because my air conditioner went out. Oh, and, Jesus. And, yeah, and one of the worst days of the year, right? So the guy just left, and we got I have like two units, right? I have one in the living room and one in the bedroom. The bedroom unit is fried. That's going to take a while to fix. Um, and then the uh, living room one works fine, so it's cooling off in here, and, and we're just going to sleep on the couch. Not that I'm not used to that. But uh, who's we? 
the dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kira. Kira. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody else. But, um, but yeah, I was going to go to the Phoenix and do the show live from there. And that's what I try to do on Thursdays. We'll be back there next week. But uh, uh, great place. Great food. Uh, man, they have, and they have specials every day. Make sure when you go in, you ask what the special is. Because I missed a really good one the other day because I forgot. And uh, the, the food, the, it's the best soccer bar in the city. And if you, you like being in a crowd for soccer... Go for the Premier League, man. In, in Barcelona, uh, I was there. I forgot Barcelona was playing. Uh, and I went there, and it was so packed that uh, I'm like, oh, man, I, I barely found a place to sit. And it, it, But it was great. I mean, it's such a great atmosphere. Vu runs a, a terrific operation over there. Uh, Derek, Camilla, Bailey, all the staff, they're fantastic. Uh, they, they will take care of you. You'll have a great time. And... Maybe in a month or so, when this heat's gone, that patio is fantastic out back. And that's like, it's like a Sunday thing where I always take care and watch Astros or football and we sit out back, which I hope we'll be able to do before the end of the year. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it, they do have fans and everything out there. But right now, uh, you guys know being outside is not a good idea or not having air conditioning. But anyway, uh, go to the Phoenix, check it out, say hello, tell them I sent you. You will enjoy it. I promise you. If you don't, I guarantee your money back that I'm paying you. So anyway, what's going on, brother? How'd you, uh, how'd you like the college football last weekend? Uh, man, college football last weekend. It was, first of all, it was great to have it back. Love it. But I had some wagers, several wagers that I placed back in, you know, July, June that I was like, Oh man, I'm getting such a great number on this thing that like, the, the, you know, because the line moves in, in your way more often than not. And you're feeling good when you you play a minus seven and, and now it's minus 13. You're like, oh, how, <laughs> how can I lose? And then you lose. So uh, it's a, a hell of a game sometimes. And this weekend was a uh, it, it was a, a, a good reminder of that. So uh, hopefully now that there's. You know, a, a week behind us, we get back into the uh, the normalcy of things. But yeah, week one was a little bit of a kick in the balls, but there was some real fun games, and uh, I, I'm for sure stoked about week two. Uh, this is a, a nice card as well. Yeah, and uh, Flip, thank you for the Washington call. I tailed you on that. I only made two bets all weekend. My big one was the over on Colorado TCU, which uh, you know we had talked about a little bit last week. And I mean, I knew TCU had to replace some guys on defense, but I didn't think they were that bad. I didn't think Man. the over. I didn't think it was going to be twenty points over over the uh, total. Yeah, I, I, the Colorado game was so confused, and that's been basically the topic of conversation on my show and and a lot of shows th this week. I, I don't know what to make of Colorado. Um, there's people I know who have power ratings that are solid that adjusted Colorado two touchdowns off of one data point. And that just feels insane to me. But it's also like my adjustment was four, five points. And I'm like, maybe I'm way short because the market is telling me I'm way short. The fact that Nebraska went from a seven-point favorite to a three-and-a-half-point dog tells me, hey, there's a lot of money that thinks you're wrong about how good Colorado is. So I'm, I'm nothing to do with Colorado this weekend. I'm, I'm going to keep learning about them, but I, I didn't think there was any way they would look that way. So, and I was with you that, I mean, TCU was nothing like 
I they were nothing like they were a year ago. So if if you think and everybody was saying, oh, look what Colorado did. They beat a team that was in the national championship last year. Well, yeah, that's like saying that, you know, if you if you beat Harvard football, well, they were a former national champion like in the (laughs) 1900s. That's a different world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I, I was not super high on TCU, but I and I liked Colorado to cover that game. Certainly didn't think that they'd win outright, and um, and they looked impressive, man. So credit where it's due to Dion for having that team ready to go, and we'll see if it's sustainable. Um, obviously, they were hyped up for it, and the guy that I work with was like, "This is this week two is the most important game for them because if they lose, then week one was for nothing; it was a fluke." And my thought was, "Well, yeah, like there's a good chance it was a fluke. We've got to remember." Colorado's win total was three and a half. Yeah. Four wins would have exceeded expectation. So now, now they're the 22nd ranked team in the country after one game. It's there's a good possibility. It was a fluke. So unless everybody in the world was wrong about Colorado, maybe it was a fluke. Uh, But again, I don't know enough to know. And I, I don't feel confident in where I've got Colorado right now. So I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let them prove it to me. Well, it was interesting, and I talked about this a little bit on Monday. They had the three best players on the field, and and those guys were amazing. But I, I would say this: if the Nebraska number were to keep going, I would take Nebraska this week. It's not enough for me, but I think there will be a bounce factor here. And Nebraska, Matt Rule had that team really well coached, and I, I know many people didn't watch Minnesota Nebraska, but my ass did. Uh, as I was flipping through, because all the other games were blowouts. I did too. That was a winner for me, actually. So that was one of my favorite yeah. games of the weekend. <laughs> well, and, you know, it just, but they looked like a team with a new coaching staff, and they made just enough mistakes. And you could tell they're going to be a lot better than they were under Frost. But it may take a year with yeah. Matt Rule. And that, that's the thing. Matt Rule, sometimes the first year. But, I mean, they look better. And I think it's going to be a tougher test for Colorado, because I think defensively Nebraska can – and hold them down a little bit, but uh, not enough for me to play it. That's uh, um, that one. I'm just like, yeah, that's another one where I need more information. I'll tell you one well, game. Sorry, go I, ahead. I was going to say, I, I thought I would like if I said, if they show me Nebraska three, I'm betting Nebraska. And then it came three and I was like, oh my gosh, this is insane. I, 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 I better just sit back and, you know, it's uh, it, they could, they could make, a, they made a lot of people look foolish last week. Um, I don't want to look like a fool this week, so I, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm a full full believer of until the train actually crashes, don't get in front of it. And uh, that's one reason I I feel that uh, I feel that way about this game. And uh, welcome, B. Hannon. Welcome, King of All Twitchers. Love you guys. Appreciate everybody who's in today. Uh, and just and yes, Colorado is ranked now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, twenty two. Yeah, they're they're one spot behind Duke who beat Clemson handily, uh, yeah. you know, and Duke was already receiving votes. Colorado was like, they won zero games last year. They're, they've won one game in the, la- in, in the last 13, and they're ranked 22nd. Well, we'll, we'll see how that plays <laughs> out. We'll see how that works out for you guys. But there's always stuff like that early in the season. People overreact. And I think all the attention Dion's getting is has a lot to do with that, too. Sure. I mean, that, that's all anybody talked about. And um, – but yeah, you, I, I I thought about taking a shot every time the announcer said, or the Sports Center highlights, oh, a team that was in the national championship game last year, 
uh, I would be drunker than I've ever been. And exactly. <laughs> so um, the thing about Duke, uh, that game, you know, first off, I think Mike Elko is a hell of a coach. And I think you want to get a big at, job. You want to look at where the Aggies started going downhill. It's when they lost him as their defensive coordinator. Uh, because that that defense that he had there was amazing, and he's done a great job. He's got ten wins in two years at Duke, uh, with one only one game this year. And um, but the thing is, and I don't know that it would have made a difference because I just think Duke looked like a better team. But Clemson just kept shooting itself in the foot three times inside the ten with no points. You know, bad special teams play, all those kind of things that you might have been able to do against Duke two years ago, but it wasn't going to work Monday night. No, no, it was, this was an impressive showing and that Duke's got a good quarterback, obviously a good defense. My thought was this though. And I, I watched uh, Oregon state uh, in week one and saw DJ Uyunglele look awesome. And I was like, wait a minute, maybe this isn't a DJ Uyunglele problem last year. Maybe Clemson just, sucks on offense maybe their coaching is bad maybe their scheme is bad because it's pretty wild that dju who was like a highly touted guy never really got going there gets run out of town and they're like oh well Cade klubnik will fix everything Uh, Cade klubnik looked he he looked bad yeah so i i don't know at some point if especially if dj continues to play like he did at some point we're gonna have to look at Dabo, and we have to remember those coordinators left, and when those guys left, everything changed. And um, it, it, Dabo, the CEO, was always really good, and he always was surrounding himself with the best possible guys uh, to, to be his coordinators. And when they went away, maybe kind of exposed some things about Dabo. Maybe he's not as you know, maybe he's not the best coach in the world. Um, so that's something that he's going to have to really do some reflection on and, and see what kind of changes need to be made. Yeah, there's very few coaches that can lose assistant after assistant after assistant and continue to be successful. Bob Stoops was great at it uh, for all those years. For some some way, he would find another badass offensive coordinator because uh, he lost some almost every year to head coaching jobs, whether it was Sumlin or Long or uh, any of those guys. Uh, and even go back to Mike Leach. I mean, he, he, but he always did it. Nick Saban does it. Um, yep. Now, I think Kirby Smart on defense, not really replaceable, but you've got enough talent and enough people you can do it. But he's had a different offensive coordinator almost every year. Yeah, and, he's just getting up. He's getting guys like Lane Kiffin and and uh, Bill O'Brien getting them good jobs. Yeah, and Sark for that matter. Yeah, and uh, which we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, but yeah, I think that's uh, that's a different kind of skill. And, you know, I think Saban's a lot more hands-on than people realize, too. Uh, you know, I, I, it's been a while, but I've been in – I was at an LSU practice uh, back when he was there, and he would personally go out and, and start coaching the defensive backs and showing them things. And and he's he's always been I – mean, I still think he's top of the ladder, although Kirby is definitely uh, making a case for himself. But, um, yeah, but I think it's going to be real interesting when they play Texas. The, the game I kind of like from a betting perspective – and you could talk me out of this. Uh, I like SMU plus 15 and a half against Oklahoma. We talked about Oklahoma last week playing one of the worst teams yeah. in college football. And so I was glad they ran up 73 because it makes it look like Oklahoma's 100%. Uh, SMU can score enough points. That's a, that's a big spread. They're not going to beat them, I don't think. But I, I, I expect SMU to come out and 
Keep this one pretty close or backdoor me at the end one way or the other. I'll tell you what scares me about that is Oklahoma's defense looked so good. And I expect, I mean, listen, they played a bummy team. Arkansas State's terrible. But the idea that that Brent Venables did, and we may have talked about this last week, Venables did the opposite of what Coach Prime did. He right. said, you know, everybody, I'm not kicking anybody off this team. You're all welcome here for a year. We'll see how it works out. We'll see where everybody fits in at, at the end of the year. And the defense was bad last year, so there was a lot of changes. Now Brett Venables has his guys there, and they are swarming. And if that's the OU defense, and I don't, I don't know if Dylan – I mean, Dylan Gabriel, he looked really good against Arkansas State. I saw him look really bad at points last year. Um, it's hard to know what he is. But I think defensively, if Oklahoma is as good as I think they are defensively, they're they're a lot better team than I thought they were. Because last year, that was I mean, they were so bad defensively that it didn't matter if, if Gabriel had a good game. They were still a coin flip. If this is their defense, they're dangerous. But I do I, I generally like SMU. Um, we did a uh, we did a pod where we picked who we thought was the the team most like we picked all the winners of the conferences. And we had we had a, a part where we said, who do we think is the the G five team most likely to make it to a New Year's Day or a New Year's Six game? And I picked SMU. I, I said I, I think their coaching is in order. Uh, I, I think Preston Stone is the real deal. They've got great weapons. They're gonna they're gonna run at a crazy pace, and I, I think they're really good. Um, but this Oklahoma game was a game that I thought was maybe a winnable game for for SMU. Like I was like maybe they could pull an upset there. Now, like if they cover, that's that'd be impressive to me because this Oklahoma team suddenly feels like they're a lot better than I thought they were. Yeah, I, I just kind of look at it as we we both knew Oklahoma was going to be better on defense and that they were going to crush the hell out of uh, those guys, and I wanted them to crush them because I, I guarantee you, if that game wasn't seventy three to nothing, I'm not getting fifteen and a half. Right. So that uh, was kind of you know basically it's it's one of those uh, I was looking a week ahead all along on this one. The other game I like, I like Rice plus nine and a half against Houston. Um, uh, this Cougar offense is just as lame as it was last year. And, you know, people kept telling me how great the receivers are. And it's like, it's the same guys minus Tank Dell. You really think they're better at receiver. And, um, and not just that, but the guy returned punts for touchdowns. I mean, um, and I mean, I, I, UTSA is a good team. Don't get me wrong. But that offense 17 points and, and i i don't think rice was terrible i know texas played vanilla and, and yeah. they, they wore them out in the second half which you knew they were going to do because they didn't want to show anything to alabama but i mean the owls hung in there for a little bit and and I, I thought they looked pretty good and they damn near beat houston last year so and I, and I don't know if this houston team is anywhere near as good as last year's team so i like rice plus nine and a half that's another one of my plays yeah i don't hate that uh i, I one of the teams i looked at was the UTSA game uh, and then playing Texas state who my biggest takeaway from that Texas state game was that offense is legit because they went and pulled the pants down on Baylor and Dave Aranda and Dave Aranda is like a, remember a defensive guru and yeah. he got clowned uh, by GJ Kenny and company. And that's a brand new offense with brand new players, brand new coaches and they made it look like it was easy. And 
their defense is no good either. Texas State's defense, they're bad right. too. And it, until Blake Shapen got hurt, Baylor was lighting them up. But Baylor's backup quarterback, uh, Sawyer Robertson kid, he he's not good. Uh, but this is uh, – they're going to score – Texas State's going to score a lot of points this year. And you, you put them indoors uh, with UTSA on, on a fast track – and I think Frank Harris, more often than not, you mentioned Houston's uh, offense not being what it was a year ago. I still think Houston's solid defensively. Um, and they did a good job with Frank Harris. That's probably the worst game I've seen Frank Harris play in a long time, which is what was able to get Houston a win. But I, I think Frank Harris is going to be better against this defense. I, I think that game soars over. Yeah, I, and I, I want to ask you this just in general, and then I want to get to some of the, the other big games, but – uh, and, and by the way, Baylor, Tech, TCU, shame on all three of you. Oh, nice, nice job for the Big Twelve. Yeah, not a not a good look. No, but um, you know the the running clock. How mm-hmm. is that impacting your thinking when you're looking at overs and unders? It's certainly in my preseason uh, work. I, I certainly accounted for it, and I, I think it was being underaccounted for in the market. I played a lot of unders in Week One. Uh, and week zero. And the fact is, I mean, it was maybe maybe three or four plays difference in a lot of these games. So it, it's not as big of a factor as I thought it was going to be. Um, and the, the games where it's not going to matter much at all are the the high pace games, the high tempo games, like because th- what's the difference between, you know, 95 and 100 plays in a game? Like if, 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 right. if fuck. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> you did not, don't die. Oh, oh man! Supposed to die. <laughs> uh, give me a second, Freddie. I'll be right back. All right. Yeah. Well, well uh, Monday, Kira pretty much almost knocked me over at the end of the show because uh, you know she's got a she's got about an hour limit on her. So yeah, I wonder if it is an earthquake. But uh, uh, no, and we talked about that a little bit on Monday, and I want to get into uh, uh, what I'll do now is I'll go ahead and tell you about picking the events. That's what I'll do. Uh, they do event production. They do all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I, I've been involved with Pick Me Now since the 97.5 days. They did all our, if you guys remember our, our parties that we did, station parties, Michael was always there taking pictures. But they do mo- so much more than that. Photography, videography, they got a DJ, and of course they have the photo booths. And it's just a great experience, man. They want to create memories for you. Uh, and whether it's a corporate event, like we've all been to corporate events, right? And, you know, some of them are okay. You mostly get drunk. But it's really cool what they do is they make it a memory. And if you've got a charity golf tournament, they make it a memory. And, and that's that's what they do. And uh, if, if you check them out, it's pickmeevents.com. And as always, with any of our sponsors, you guys can always hit me up. And uh, I will uh, make sure that I get you the information. So we'll do that with Pick Me. And since he's still gone, I'm going to go ahead and tell you about a great golf tournament coming up Friday, September 22nd at Battleground Golf Club in Deer Park. My man, Brandon, who uh, is on the show a lot, and he's always in the Twitch. We'll coach it. Maybe not now because he's in Mexico. But uh, it's a four-man scramble, complimentary breakfast, lunch, Bloody Mary bar, and drinks and food all day. Prizes for the best and worst team, closest to the pin, longest drive, holes in, hole in ones. Uh, it benefits the Elmina Shriners and Ronald McDonald House. All you have to do to register, go to dirtybirdie.eventbrite.com to play or sponsor. Uh, I played there the last two years, and we had a lot of fun with uh, 
you know, Mike and Angel when, when, and, and, and other Mike. So it's Mike, Mike and Angel I usually play with. And I've got to reach out to them if I can actually swing a golf club with this neck thing, which I'm, it's getting a lot better. And I want to be there because beer, I mean, beer or alcohol on every single hole. They have sponsors for all this stuff. And yes, you will get lit. And it'll be a fun time. And probably by the fifth hole, you know, I'll be drunk enough that the neck's not going to bother me. So anyway. All right. I see you're back, sir. I, I managed to get some business done while you were gone. How about that? That works. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be me if I didn't, you know, every few months spill an energy drink into my laptop. That's, uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know how I like to roll. So there you go. Oh, man. Well, usually you slam those things and you just burp. So I know. <laughs> yeah. Big well, mistake. I should have just done that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I wanted to get to uh, uh, Flea asked better golfer Fred or AJ. I'd say AJ right now because I can't I can't hit the ball more than two hundred yards, I, and and that's healthy. Yeah, but so. I I can hit the ball a long way, but it never goes straight ever. So well, remember when we first started hanging out and we'd play, we could both hit the ball a long way and it would never go straight. Now I can't hit it a long way and it never goes straight. So it's like, oh, hey, thank God I hit the golf path. <laughs> that'll get me 30 more yards yeah if it, if but, it gets a good bounce off the cart path yeah yeah exactly but um let, let's get on some of these big games in, in texas alabama i'm really looking forward to for a lot of reasons i think uh you know i i alabama certainly played a lot different on offense last week a lot more quarterback running the ball and, and uh I, and they i don't think they showed a lot either but I think Texas kept it pretty close to the vest. So I think we're going to see two different offenses this week. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, Texas started slow last week. Um, it may be a, a little bit concerning, but they picked it up in the second half. But defensively, the entire game, they were they were dominant. Um, obviously, Alabama is going to be a different level than Rice. Uh, in, in, but I, I think there's no doubt that Texas has the roster to hang in this game with Alabama. Um you know, Sark was right there last year. They lost that game twenty to nineteen. Could have could have easily won that game. I'm a believer in this Texas team. They weren't as impressive as I would have liked to see in Week One. But I also said, I think I said on this show last week, Texas has no reason to run it up on Rice and and put a bunch of film out there when they're about to play Alabama. It wouldn't have made sense. I just don't think this Alabama team is unstoppable as they've been the past several years. So. Uh, for me, I, I played some Texas at seven and a half. Uh, I, I'd still play Texas at seven. I, I think they can hang within a touchdown of these guys. I'm with you on that. And I, I think uh, a couple of key things. I mean, last year, Ewers got hurt, which uh, yep. I, I think that might have made a difference. And I think he's a better player now with a year under his belt. Well, and they didn't have the backup situation that they do now. Like Malik Murphy's so good. Uh, that guy, he's a giant. I mean, imagine this guy's like six foot seven and two hundred and fifty something pounds, and he runs like who can stop that? Like, and Arch Arch Manning's over there holding the clipboard. He's the third string guy. So Arch Manning, who was the number one quarterback in the country, is not the second stringer because this Malik Murphy kid is so good too. I think they're gonna have to find a way. I I would bet this week they work him in on some stuff. Like you're gonna see some of him running some packages. I think. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to have to change Arch's last name to transfer forward at the end of the year because <laughs> UT's in pretty damn good shape. Uh, and I, 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 I like him. I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, the other game, A&M Miami, I'm, I'm kind of curious about. A&M, a, a four-point favorite on the road. 
Yeah, listen, I'll say this. A&M, with all these top 10 recruiting classes that they've had the last couple years, and none of it's mattered because they run dinosaur offense. It's it's a bunch of, you know, it's stuff that doesn't work in, in the modern football. And Jimbo Fisher was stubborn about it, and it got him run out of Florida State. And it's made him basically a dud so far at Texas A&M. What I saw with their offense last week with Bobby Petrino at the helm, when you think about the talent that's on that roster, that's a dangerous team. I I think A&M is a buy-on team. I said uh, before last week's games, it it felt like the total that was set at 49 between A&M and New Mexico. I said if A&M's offense is as improved as it's supposed to be under Petrino – and New Mexico, who brought in you know Dylan Hopkins, they brought in the the OC from UAB. Like they were supposed to be improved on offense too. I was like, forty nine is a really low number. A and M beat that number by themselves. Yeah. Now now we're looking at a total of fifty one and a half. I, I don't think the market's adjusted enough. I think this is an over game. Uh, I, I think Texas A and M is they've got they've got big receivers. Miami does not have physicality at the corners. Um, I, I think that they could win this game on on talent alone. I'm impressed with Texas A&M. Like it, again, it, it's it's one game and it's against bad competition. But it, what I've seen the way they're running offense that is sustainable. That can win games in 2023. What they've been doing the last couple of years, there's no it's no wonder they keep being disappointing because they're trying to do things that worked in the 90s that, that just don't work now. Another game I, I wanted to get your thoughts on. I think uh, Ole Miss Tulane is a very interesting game, uh, and you know Ole Miss is really good. But I mean Tulane, if it's not SMU as your best group of five, I think it's Tulane. Yeah, if they're in the conversation, and they impressed me last week. I I, I was uh, kind of doubting them. I I thought that South Alabama was right there with them, and you know I, I thought that maybe losing Tajay Spears in the offseason would be a big deal. It didn't matter. They were so sharp on offense. Michael Pratt, I think it was 14 of 15. One ball hit the ground for Michael Pratt, and they, they it was never really a game. That said, Ole Miss was 73 to 7 uh, against Mercer, and not all FCS schools are created equal. Mercer is actually a pretty damn good FCS program, and Ole Miss just dog stomped them. Ole Miss is going to put up a bunch of points. I'm scared. You talk about you know not wanting to get in the way of a train. I don't want to get in front of the lane train right now. <laughs> uh, but I I wouldn't fault anybody if they wanted to take seven in a hook against uh, against them. Uh, but I I think an over is the way to look. I, I I think part of why I doubted Tulane coming into this season, I doubted that what they did last year was sustainable, was because they had a lot of turnover on defense and defensively. If you're not sharp, Ole Miss is going to wreck you. Um, that could be the case here. So I'd probably look at an over before anything else. One last game. And then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ask you if you have any others you want to hit on, but, uh, kind of intrigued by this Wisconsin at Washington state game. Uh, I think that's, that's always a tough trip. And, you know, I don't know what Wisconsin is yet. I mean, I think they've got a hell of a coach now, but, um, I, I think that might be a game that might be a little more competitive than people think. Yeah, I uh, I was really wrong about Washington State last week. I was talking about the games that I had a bunch of CLV on. I, I had uh, Colorado State plus like 16, uh, closed at 12 and a half, I think. And it was never even competitive. Washington State just stomped them. Um, and 
for Wisconsin, obviously they want to they they're change they're changing their identity. You know, their coach changed their identity. They want to be an air raid offense, but they still like their best players are still Braylon Allen and, and Ches Malusi, and and they're going to run the ball. And they ran the ball last week 300 something yards between those two guys. They are going to pound you and pound you. Tanner Mordecai looked okay couple picks like I, I think that that's going to take some getting used to I think running that system that they want to run is going to take some getting used to but I think at the end of the day Tanner Mordecai is going to be better than Graham Mertz um I, this game last year Washington State did a really good job of slowing down Braylon Allen and not a lot of people were not a lot of teams were able to slow him down last year Washington State did they won that game in Madison 17-14 I think if you if you're getting the you're getting a full seven, uh, I, I think that Washington State's a pretty good look. Yeah, Pac-12 was pretty good last week for a conference that's falling apart, which is kind of a shame because uh, uh, especially or you know you look at Oregon State and Washington State who still don't have a home and that Oregon State team has got a chance to be really good this year. Or Oregon State could win the Pac-12. I'm not even kidding. Like, it, it, no one's going to be able to stop them running the football. The Pac-12, nobody plays defense enough in the Pac-12 to stop them running the football. They are going to run on everyone. All right, any other games that uh, I haven't hit on yet that you uh, you wanted to touch on? Yeah, one thing that, that I took away from the the Stanford USC or the Stanford game, like everybody and their dog was on uh, on Hawaii in that game. They were like, "Oh, Stanford having to travel out to the island. Hawaii looked good last week against Vanderbilt, and." Stanford just boat raced them. And that Stanford offense is a lot better than it has been. Their defense is still terrible. Oh, guess who they're matching up against? USC. One of the best offenses in the country. Pretty terrible defense. Total is 69 and a half. I know any anytime you're getting you're saying a game's going to get into the 70s, that's a that's a scary proposition. I, I think USC might score 50. And I, and, and I think Stanford is better than people think offensively. They, they run at a good tempo. Um, I think they'll put up some points on this USC defense that just is, is not impressive. So uh, I think that's a high-scoring game. I think that's a total you can look at. As far as the, uh, the sides, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about two games. One, I'll talk about Utah, who, you know, they, they were impressive last week. Obviously, with, without Cam Rising – to do what they did to Florida, everybody pushed money on Florida, and they were like, "Oh, no, Cam Rising." It, it didn't matter. Utah's, Utah's talent was just better. Now you look at Baylor. Baylor doesn't have their quarterback either, and like I said, Baylor gave up forty-two to a, a, a you know a G five team with a new coach and a whole new offense, and just got absolutely wrecked. And now I'm I'm laying seven and a half, eight points. I, I like Utah. I also like one of the the as far as my power ratings and and where where I'm at versus the market. One of the biggest gaps for me is this Troy Kansas State game. I think we talked about the the better the best G five teams. I think Troy's right there in that conversation. Troy Georgia has won 18 straight games. The second longest streak in the country is 12, and that's Troy. Uh, it goes all the way like last year they won the Sun Belt, they won the Cure Bowl. They they are competitive. That is a good G five program, and last year they played uh, Ole Miss in non conference, and you know they, they they lost they lost that game twenty you know twenty eight to ten, but they were twenty one and a half point dogs. They covered. 
They remain competitive, and that Ole Miss scoring 28 points on you last year, you, you did a pretty good job on defense. And this Kansas State team in recent history under this coaching staff has a history of losing these bye games. They, yeah. lost, to, they lost to Arkansas State outright in 2020. They lost to Tulane outright last year. And I know Tulane ended up being good, but that was a bye game, and they got their butts kicked. Like I, I, Troy plays really, really good defense. Um, so I, I have this game power rated at around 10, 10 and a half on a neutral. So I'm getting 16 and a half at K state. It was too good for me to pass up. So I'm on the Trojans. Yeah. I like that. Just getting back to Utah though. They left some points on the, uh, on the field against Florida. No uh, doubt. And I, I think that we're going to see a lot more out of them. And I, I, Boy, I, I wouldn't want to be Texas Tech or Baylor this week because I, I think uh, Oregon, at what Oregon did and what, what Utah did against Florida uh, and what those two teams did last week, it ain't going to be pretty. Yeah, that, that line, the Oregon-Texas Tech line feels super trappy because it feels like, man, you, or, Oregon just put up 81 and Texas Tech just lost to a G5 team that they had a 17 nothing lead on. And it's only six and a half. Hmm. That that felt like almost yeah. too good to be true. So I, I stayed away on this. All right. Uh, we're going to get the NFL next, but uh, I want to tell you about Dr. Linville. And he was on Monday with us and just a great guy who does a great job. You want to get your hair back? Uh, this is the way to do it. And, and listen, I was almost completely bald when I went three years ago. And, you know, he's done it himself. His hair looks fantastic. And I at least have hair now. I mean, I, I'm going to get it done again at some point here uh, because, you know, there's some places you can always fill in. But right now they've got uh, a special. And this actually is going to, to be a lot of money because they only charge $4 per graft. Well, like me, I, I needed like 2,500 grafts, right? Well, right now during the special, it's only $3.50. And that may not sound like a lot until you start adding those things up because it is. There's no anesthesia. It's just numbing medicine, minimal pain. 95 to 99% of the grafts take because uh, they're handled and prepared safely. And uh, he will have an individualized plan for everybody. So what he did for me will be different for what he does for you. And if you just need a little touch-up, then it's a great thing to do. And, uh, you know, if you need other work done or if your lady wants some work done, there's not a better guy. I mean, he, he takes care of everything. Always kid with him about boobs, but he can fix boobs. So uh, go to hairspecialisthouston.com slash getfalconhair. And book a consultation, let them know. I mean, they'll know once you go there, but your consult fee will be waived. That's $150 value. So uh, go check him out. Great guy. Uh, it's a good way to support showers who uh, uh, support this. Uh, if you want to support this show, support our, uh, uh, certainly support our sponsors. And Oscar asking, can we ask you, you would rather start in fantasy? It, it, yeah, you can ask. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. But right now, I want to get to the game tonight. Lions and, and Chiefs. A lot of hype around the Lions. And, you know, the Chiefs probably not going to have Tra Travis Kelsey. Don't have Chris Jones. I still think they're the Chiefs. I, I, I don't like the number. Probably staying away from it. But do we think the Lions are ready for this? I, I'm not going to fade Patrick Mahomes here. And... It feels like it, I can't. I, I was trying to do this yesterday. Can you think of a like Patrick Mahomes coming off the field? Patrick Mahomes is like dejected, and in the post game presser, he's like, 
yeah, you know, uh, they were just better than us. Uh, like, I, I can't picture that. I, I picture them talking to Patrick Mahomes and the announcers going, oh, my God, it's incredible. No weapons. And look what he did. And that's Patrick Mahomes. That's what he does. He, yeah. It, 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 and if you're if you're making a business out of doubting that Patrick Mahomes is going to win football games, your business is is busto. Like you're broke. Uh, this dude just keeps finding ways, and I imagine he finds a way. And we always talk about Andy Reid off a of bye. Andy Reid with extra prep time. You don't want to deal with him. First game of the season, I wouldn't want to deal with Andy Reid. Um, it, 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 it's again, Tra- Travis Kelsey is right up there to me with like Cooper Cup. Uh, most important non quarterbacks to an offense in the league, and the the drop off to their next weapon is 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 great. Uh, Sky Moore might be the best receiver they've got on the field tonight. That's not good, but Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, and the idea that he's going to lose to the Lions or, or is just it's tough for me to fathom. So, um. I'm not I'm not betting on this game, uh, at least on the side, but I I would I would have a hard time wanting to back the Lions here because you you probably think, oh, look how I'm, you know, look how low the number is. But man, it's uh, people are buying into it, but I, I, I would be cautious. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes throws people open. And that's what the great quarterbacks have always done. Tom Brady had a bunch of homeless guys at one point. And still put up numbers. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, when he didn't have Devontae Adams, I mean, he was making stars out of guys that were average wide receivers. And I think Patrick Mahomes can do that. And I, I just, and plus, early in the season, the Chiefs always roll. I mean, this is they're they're always ready for the start of the season. And I know they're going to miss those guys, but uh, I just, you know, and I like a lot of what the the Lions have done, and I think they're a better team, but. I just don't think they're on this level. And I don't know who else is on this level. I mean, we could talk about the Bills, maybe. We could talk about uh, the Bengals in the AFC. But, you know, other than the Eagles in, in the NFC, I mean, I, I just don't see it. I, I just I think the Lions can win this division. But going in tonight and beating the Chiefs seems like a, a pretty tall order to me. So. Yeah, we talked about uh, – we did the, the big, long dream preview last night. Uh, and – we talked about this game and talked about Patrick Mahomes maybe running more than usual in this game and his rushing props like 25 yards, but in a game where he doesn't have Kelsey to rely on, doesn't really trust all these receivers. I could see him doing that. Um, He went over 25 yards in I think six games last year. So I could see him taking off a little more than usual, especially if it's a close game and the line says it's going to be a close game. Uh, If it's a high leverage situation, he'll take off and run. So, that's something I'd look at tonight. I also think the the total, like this could be a high-scoring game. I, yeah. I, I think without Chris Jones on the field, that's the other thing. Like Kelsey's a big deal. Chris Jones is – he's the key to that defense. And the Chiefs' defense may be not good uh, until he's back. So um, I, I think that this could be kind of an up-and-down game, and nobody wants to take the over because there's no Kelsey. So we think, oh, well, Mahomes isn't going to score. How? The, where's the scoring going to come from? Mahomes is going to find a way. Mahomes isn't going to put up six points uh, in a primetime game. It's there's going to be scoring, so I I feel like uh, an an over may be kind of a a counter a counterintuitive play that could have some value. 
Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. So uh, looking ahead to the weekend, uh, which of the games that you're most interested? I think there's some some. I, I'm interested in the Steelers getting points at home from San Francisco, and I'm curious what RJ said about that because he he's always got the Steelers right where they need to be. But even with getting Bosa back, my my concern with San Francisco is I still don't know whether the quarterback position is is going to work out for him. Uh, and I also don't like that they've lost so many coaches over the last couple of years that uh, that that erosion at some point is going to catch up. Yeah, I wanted to I, like I was looking at the Niners and thinking, oh, wow, that's a that's a really short number. Two, two, two. And then I started digging in a little bit more things that make me either stay away or want to play Pittsburgh. Tomlin as a dog is 53, 30, and 4 against the spread in his career. As a home dog, 16, 4, and 3. That 14 and 9 straight up, but 80% ATS as a dog, that's insane. That, that is insane. And the other thing was they're getting they're getting Bosa back. That's a huge deal. I, I can't imagine he plays a full workload. Uh George Kittle, who knows what you're going to get out of him. The Steelers were eight and two straight up in ATS when TJ Watt was on the field last year. He's healthy right now. He's on the field. This is these are the spots where you like to buy to back Mike Tomlin. When they when people are saying, Oh, y'all aren't y'all aren't as good as this team. Like I said, a home underdog. That means 23 times in in all the years. Mike Mike Tomlin's been at Pittsburgh forever. And in those 20, in those, in the, all those years, 23 times they've been a home dog and they've lost four of those ATS. That's this, this guy gets his team up when people doubt them. And this seems like one of those spots. So it, it's Steelers or pass for me. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm on this. I'm hoping to shop around and find a three somewhere. Uh, I, I think that's long gone. I, I think maybe the way to look at this is going to be a teaser. Uh, cause this will, this will put you through the three and the seven, get you to the other yeah. side of the seven. So it's a, it's a, a, you know, an advantage teasers, good value on it. Uh, all right. Uh, interesting game with the Bengals playing the Browns. The question is, are, are we getting last year's Deshaun Watson or are we getting rapey Deshaun Watson? Yeah, that's a, that's kind of a big question here, but I'll say this, the Browns as a home dog are interesting to me. And there, there was one game last year where the the Bengals lost by more than a field goal. And that was at Cleveland on Halloween. Mm -hmm. They went into Cleveland as a three-point favorite and got absolutely dog-stomped. And that Cleveland defensive front is elite. Last year, they sacked Burrow five times in that game. He had his worst QBR game of the season. It was like 20. Yeah. Um, and it's also, this is the first game you know of the season. And Joe Burrow did not practice hardly at all this offseason. You know what? That sounds familiar because he he almost never plays practices in the preseason. And guess what? That first game, there's rust. Remember last year, week one, Pittsburgh, four picks and a fumble. They lost because Joe Burrow looked terrible coming back from that appendix uh, surgery. I don't trust Joe Burrow to be not rusty here. Um Bengals lost they lost five games all last season. Four of them came on the road. I, this is a good spot, I think, to back the Browns. And the Browns are another good another good teaser leg. So if you like the Browns, you like the Steelers, but you're you're a little nervous, you can get both of them on the other side of a touchdown. 
Uh, take the Bengals or take the Browns up to eight and a half. Take the Steelers up to eight, and now you've got that's a good advantage teaser. Um, and, and you you you've got two teams that I think could win games outright. Yeah, I, I like that a lot, man. I think that's a that's a great way to approach it. Um, curious what you think about. Uh, uh, I I think the Bills have been largely ignored this offseason. And all the talks about the Jets and Hard Knocks and Aaron Rodgers, uh, I kind of like the Bills here, uh, and I, I I think they're going to have a better season than people think. This is this team's not much different than the one that should have been in the Super Bowl at least once the last two years. I, I think the Bills might be the best team in the AFC. Um, it, like I because I, I like the Chiefs' win total under. I like the Bills' win total over, which puts them about even. Um, but for this week, I'm probably going to lean to the Jets a little. Uh, these They split the series last season, but Josh Allen played poorly in both games. Remember, the second game is the game they lost. That's when Josh Allen hurt his elbow, and he kind of went downhill for the rest of the season. But he didn't play in the well. He didn't play well in that game pre-injury either. The biggest weakness for Buffalo, and really the only weakness, kind of the Achilles heel for this Buffalo team, is their offensive line. And the Jets are built to take advantage of that. The Jets' strength is their defensive front. It's their pass rush. They made Josh Allen uncomfortable both games last year. Uh, I could see him doing it again. It wouldn't shock me if if the Jets won week one here. So uh, I, I haven't made a play on this. I don't know if I will, but I don't think I'll be on. And again, I don't really like playing divisional favorites on the road in right. week one. You know, Because week one, these teams are so familiar with each other that – um, and, and there, this is such a big deal to everybody that nobody wants to get beat up on their home field. So, uh, divisional, divisional dogs at home week one, something I'm typically going to, I'm going to lean towards anyway. All right. Uh, what else, what else do you like out there? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by Miami, San Diego. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the over in that one, not San Diego. I'm, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do that the rest of my life. You know that, right? Yeah. Uh, the Chargers. I, let, let me caution you on that because I think everybody's like Miami, LA, it's going to be a, a, a rocket ship last year. Th- th- this, this game last year when these two teams played and it was the same line a year ago, it was chargers minus three at home and the chargers didn't have Derwin James. They didn't have Bryce Callahan. They didn't have Sebastian Joseph day. So three of their five best players on defense were out and everybody was saying, oh, Miami's going to come in and boat race these guys. And the Dolphins had 219 yards of total offense. The, Staley shut them down with a crippled defense. And the game, was it never even came close to the total. Never came close. I think the Chargers are the better team. Uh, I, I, I'm higher on the Chargers than most people. Um, and I'm lower on Miami, at least for the full season, I'm lower on Miami because I think two is going to be hurt at some point and, and miss games. Um, here, I feel like the numbers kind of right, but I would, everybody I've talked to is like, there's gotta be a million points scored, right? I would just be careful because it seems like Staley has a recipe to take away. Basically what he did was he, he took away the middle of the field and force two at a throw to the outside where he's not comfortable because he doesn't have the the big cannon arm that can make those long throws. He wants to make everything short and let his receivers work after. They took that away, and it was very frustrating, very flustering for Tua, and you saw teams kind of copy it for the rest of the season. That's why the first half of Tua's season looked like an MVP candidate. Second half of the season, 
things got a little tougher for him. Brandon Staley sort of solved that puzzle. We'll see. I mean, obviously, McDaniel's going to make an adjustment. We'll see how Staley adjusts. But that, to me, that's one of the more interesting games of week one. Uh, what about Titans Saints? I see some erosion in the Titans. And I, I think I think the Saints have the best quarterback in the division. And I think he's going to make a big difference for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's even close uh, on, on who's got the best quarterback in the NFC South. So uh, here's why I, I'm not going to back the Saints in this game. The Titans... If you remember last year, they were running away with the AFC South, and then they had all the injuries hit. Tannehill got hurt, and and things kind of started to unravel on them. Um, now with their they're healthy, they're solid on defense, and you know it, it, having Hopkins in the fold. I don't think Hopkins is a top ten receiver in the league anymore, but he's better than anything they've had. Uh, and then kind of like Mike Tomlin. Mike Vrabel as a dog is very good. Uh, he is 23-15-1 against the spread. 60% ATS as an underdog. 22-9-1 when the spread is a field goal or higher. Uh, so he does well when when people count him out. He's 20-19 and 19 straight up as an underdog. So he wins more than he loses outright as a dog. Um, I think these two teams are pretty even in power ratings. So the, the number feels maybe feels pretty close to right uh if there's a, a three and a half out there i'd probably like tennessee uh I, i'm seeing mostly threes now so it's, a, it's yeah. probably a, a stay away from me but um the the win totals would tell you the saints are way better but the reality is while they're both healthy these teams are pretty close to even factored into that win total is the likelihood that Tannehill gets hurt at some point and the schedule for the Saints is the easiest in the NFL. They've got the easiest schedule in the whole league, so that's factored in as well. I think on like as a as a whole, when these teams are healthy, they're pretty close to even. So you know, maybe I would maybe lean even to Tennessee because you, you three points isn't uh, there's no home field worth three points anymore in the NFL. A uh, couple others to, that I want to ask you about real quickly: Broncos hosting the Raiders. Uh, I, I've never liked Josh McDaniels. I don't like what he's done with the team. I think they're going the wrong direction. Is Sean Payton going to be enough to make a difference here? Here's what I do know about the Raiders. Since they moved to Las Vegas, they are 6-0 and against the Broncos. They have not lost against Denver since they've been in the desert here. Um, I understand Payton makes a difference. I don't know how immediate it is, but I do like the idea of backing the Raiders now because right now, today... Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. That's not going to last. Uh, <laughs> Devontae Adams is healthy. Josh Jacobs is healthy. Everybody's healthy right now. That's awesome for the Raiders. The Broncos, you can't say that about. Their best running back is returning from – he's 12 months removed from an ACL, MCL, PCL surgery. And they're like, yeah, we've got plans for him in week one. Plans for – like, is he going to be the running back or not? Because that's a lot. Like, if you're saying this is Javante Williams is going to take the load week one, that's a lot 12 months after that major surgery. Uh, the best wide receiver, Jerry Judy, is it, he's a limited participant in practice. Is he going to like, is he going to play? Are they going to risk a hamstring? I don't know. Uh, so that leaves Cortland Sutton, Sutton in a rookie. And that's not a lot for an offense that was bad a year ago. Five of the last six games. The Raiders have the five of the last six times the Raiders have gone to Denver. The games have been decided by six points or less. The one exception was in 2021. The Raiders won by 10. 
So these games are typically very close. Um, I think it, it, I think this one's going to be close too. I, I'd probably lean to taking the points here uh, because I, I, I like the Raiders while they're healthy uh, and especially while the Broncos are, are banged up. Uh, one more I wanted to ask you about. You know, as much as I love the Seahawks as a dark horse this year, I don't think the Rams are as dead as people think. And I, I think if you have a healthy Stafford now, not having Cooper Cup is a big deal. That hurts. Uh, but I still think this team is just kind of getting ignored. And I don't know that they're an actual contender or anything, but I think they're pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I've been in the – I played a Rams win total over. Um, I And as soon as the Cooper Cup news came out, I was like, oh, my God, what the uh, – <laughs> it wasn't a good feeling. But the here's the generality of this matchup and and the, the NFC West and it, and Cliff Kingsbury leaving really ruined things because they're like a, in this division and was for the longest time it one coach owned the other coach owned the other one owned the other one and it just went round and round. Sean McVay has owned Pete Carroll since they've been in in the same division. Sean McVay eleven and two ATS against Seattle since he's hmm. been with the Rams and. I, the Cooper Cup thing is probably enough to make me sit this thing out at five and a half, but I have no doubts that Sean McVay is going to come in with a solid game plan. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed within this number. Here's what I know about Sean McVay. He had a chance to go make a ton of money being a Tony Romo type. Like he, he, They wanted to put him on TV, let him announce games. He would have made as much money as he's making coaching. would have been a lot easier life. And if I looked at that roster and said, boy, this is a big rebuild – I, I wouldn't have blamed Sean McVay for leaving. He decided to come back. He's committed to the basically to a rebuild. Um, that tells me he's in for the long haul. He's motivated. So I, I'm with you. It, it would be again, and it's another it's another division dog in Week One. Uh, it, it'd be Rams or nothing here. All right. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the the fight Saturday because uh, uh, I mean. Adesanya is so good, and this has been Incredible. such a nice run. Uh, I mean, just he really has become, uh, for me, one of the most exciting fighters out there. Uh, how how is this matchup gonna gonna look? Is this just another walkover for him, or, or is he gonna have some trouble here? Yeah, you know, I, I anytime there's a five to one dog in a title fight, I'm like, ooh, how can I? What's what's the path to get there? How can I find yeah. a way to be interested in five to one? I just can't get to it. Uh, Adesanya is arguably the, the best MMA striker in the world, and his defensive wrestling is is good enough that you're not going to just put him on the ground over and over again. The only guy we've seen that was Jan Blachowicz. Remember, Jan Blachowicz is a, a full weight class up, a much bigger guy. So... I don't see a way for Strickland to volume shaker. He wants to march you down. He wants to put a jab in your face. He's a boxer, a pressure boxer. The problem is he just doesn't have power. He doesn't have knockout power. And if you're a guy or you're a striker who wants to keep marching forward and putting pressure and there's no threat of a knockout, eventually world-class strikers are going to put you away. The, the perfect example of this was Strickland's fight against Alex Pereira. Everybody said, you've got to wrestle this guy. You've got to wrestle this guy. Sean Strickland just kept coming forward, trying to jab his way in, jab his way in. And then eventually, the world-class striker 
hit him with a world-class strike and Sean Strickland took a nap in the middle of the cage. <laughs> Adesanya can certainly do that. He Adesanya has the, he's got that fight ending power. He's the only one in this fight with fight ending power. And Adesanya is really at his best when you're pressuring him and he's countering what you're doing. And I don't think Strickland really knows another way to fight. He just presses and that's just what he does. So to me on paper, this is a terrible matchup for Strickland. Uh, I'm not willing to lay minus 700, but I, I went with an Adesanya inside the distance prop that you can get at even money. Um, I, I think he finishes Strickland here. I think it's it's very similar to the Pereira fight where Strickland, he, he's tough. He's, he's a durable dude, but everybody has a limit to what they can take. And I think Adesanya ends up frustrating him and punishing him and eventually gets him out of there. All right, uh, before I let you go, a couple of TV questions. I know better than to ask this, but I'm sure you've watched the psychopath thing on HBO. I've not. What is it? Oh, it, it's They have interviews with actual uh, murderers, that, psychopaths. And now, to be honest, I've been watching too much of this, and I'm thinking, oh, I could have gotten away with that. But it, it's fascinating because the these guys want to talk about it, right? And so they start talking about, oh, yeah, I... I you know, well, at first I was going to give him a ride home, and then I bashed him in the head with the back of a hammer, back of the head with a hammer and stuff like that. So, okay, I'm glad I found something true crime that you haven't seen. Because Yeah, I haven't seen reality. it. It's called Psychopath? Uh, it's something about uh, the making of a psychopath or the mind of a psychopath, but it's on HBO. Just look up Psychopaths on HBO. All right. And, and they're all like 30 minutes, too, which is cool. But they have all this footage of actual murderers. No, I'm into about. it. So, uh, and then uh, the other, the other one. I, I was curious if you watched uh, or if you finished the new Justified. No, I, ha- I haven't even started it yet. I've been, st- I've been. Wor- football season has basically killed my TV time. Um, oh yeah, I know, I know. So but- I, I'm, I'm trying to be at least up on enough games that when you ask me questions, I don't sound like an idiot, and that cuts <laughs> into my television time. So yeah. uh, hopefully, I can catch up on some, but it, it'll be very, very slowly. Yeah, well, when, when you're single and you can't sleep, it's it's easy when there's no football on when you, and you've already watched all the games. And, yeah. Uh, and they don't show enough highlights on ESPN because they're too busy showing me WNBA highlights. So, anyway. Go <laughs> Aces. Right. Uh, yeah, hey, the, the Liberty have their number, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Liberty bibbity. Fucking New Yorkers. I anyway. <laughs> Brother, thanks so much for the time. And, uh, uh, fun as always, and look forward to talking to you next week. And we'll, we'll recap how we did and, and look ahead to yet another good week of football. It's my favorite week of the year, man. Week two of college football, week one of the NFL. And what a beautiful time, Freddie. Always yeah. good talking to you, man. Uh, good, to, good to see the listeners out there. Still, lo- still love all you guys. And, um, yeah, appreciate you guys supporting my boy Freddie here. <laughs> all right, man. I'll talk to you soon. See you, bud. Oh, so – uh, I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go through the Twitch here real quickly. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about Lawyer Dave, uh, Messmaker and Straub, and and of course Kira, who's been great the whole time. Now she's like, oh, AJ left. I want to be on. I want to be on screen. Um, yeah, get get your butt down, dog. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna tell you about Lawyer Dave. Seven one three six two six eighty nine hundred. If you need a lawyer, and uh, he will take care of you. If you've been in an accident of any kind. And odds are you have if you live in Houston. Uh, he's going. He's the guy to call. Doesn't get paid a dime unless you win. Uh, that's how he works. He gambles on himself. 
and he gambles on you. And guess what? We're all gamblers here. So this is exactly the lawyer you need. Give him a call, 713-626-8900. Need a lawyer? Better dial Dave. Okay, this is uh, getting getting crazy with Kira here. <laughs> yeah, she is a pretty puppy, but she's also... Um, she, she's also getting a little aggressive here. An hour is about as long as she can stand. So, uh, yeah, a couple people asked, uh, okay, Kira, this is enough. Um, Stu asked Fred single again. Yeah, I've been single for a while. And uh, Monday we talked a lot about how me, I got on Tinder and Bumble. And this morning I got off of both. It, it's, you know, top of the show. Uh, and Flip asked if I'm in the Heights. And I'm actually in Montrose. And... Uh, have a really cool place here and i like it and um you know i'm real close to pj's bar which is one of my go-to's and as a matter of fact i was gonna give pj grief grief when i was talking about justified because uh um he told me i wouldn't like the ending and i liked it so uh rain man's heading to lake charles to punch that over a and m versus miami i like that and um yeah and then somebody was saying Largo was saying, you may want to wear a hat with the sticker still on the bill next on the next date. Fred Davis taught us that's what the cool kids are doing. I, I do not. Uh, that that look would be horrible for me. Um, I, I try on the first date to just have hair. And then hopefully it gets better. It never does, though. I mean, it, it's fine. I'm, I'm the worst at it. And I know it. So uh, it's, it's OK. Uh, I have you guys. I have a dog. And, you know, I got great bars. So, uh, you know, mentioned the Phoenix on Westheimer. I'm always, you know, like I said, I'm always at PJ's for state night tonight. Uh, and then usually for karaoke on Fridays. They, they, they have the best karaoke ever. My buddy Jesse uh, does it, and it's fantastic. So, uh, anyway, want to throw this out. Monday we will do it at 5 o'clock. Uh, everybody wanted to push it back an hour. And it really helps me because... You know, Mondays, I like to have comedians. I like to have musicians. And they all have real jobs. And, you know, they don't get off until 5. So I think it'll be better for the show. And then we'll see what AJ wants to do. It's like whatever time AJ wants to do, that's what we're doing, right? Because he's AJ. Anyway, I hope you guys – I th want to thank all you guys for coming in. Uh, love you guys. The, the Twitch has been so much fun. The other comments that we get elsewhere, Facebook – um, you know, a lot of people tweeting me about stuff, uh, just so much fun to have you all listening, uh, one way or another, the recorded podcast will be up in about, you know, 10 minutes or so, however long it takes me. Um, the lack of air conditioning, uh, was a little bit of a challenge today. The dog is now becoming a challenge, but, uh, you guys are not, and I appreciate the continued support. I hope to keep this thing going. You know, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a grind but we're doing pretty well. I want to make sure that uh, you guys uh, know that I, I wrote a preview for the weekend, some of the stuff you heard today on betting predators. I'll be doing that for them on Thursdays and Tuesdays. I'll do like a recap. And it'll be, it'll be gambling slanted for sure. Um, and then I'll, I'll be doing, uh, I, I will tweet this out. I, I'm not sure yet if, if I've got everything set up right to do it, but I'm, I'll do a chat during the Texans game. And, you know, it'll be me being, you know, it'll be like an MST3K version of chatting on the Texans during the game. And uh, it'll, it'll be on uh, uh, the, the, the PSF site. Uh, uh, it's on your phone. 
And I'll, I'll tweet out the information on that if you want to do it. Join me, and we'll just talk about the game. All right, that's going to wrap it up for Thursday. I will get this posted shortly. Thanks again to everybody. And, yes, my dating life sucks. You guys can make fun of me all you want. I appreciate it. Uh, all right, till Monday, stay sportsy Gulf Coast badasses.